Once upon a time, two world-renowned magicians had a child that was born with a glitch in the matrix. Not 10, but 11 toes. Yep, that's true. My guest today is Eleven, who was raised within the world of magic and felt themselves in the world as a cosmic being from a very young age, channeling spirits, predicting the future, and reading energy. Over the past decade, Eleven has been a sought-out dream seer, clairvoyant, and spiritual teacher, as well as entertainer for top celebrities, entrepreneurs, and some of today's thought leaders. Eleven is an otherworldly, two-spirited, non-binary mystic, shapeshifter, and way-shower here on mission to initiate souls back home to which they already are, pure love. With an ancestral background that spans across the globe, Native American, Chinese, Andean, and more, they intuitively blend sacred ritual practices from indigenous tribes into their work. Something that is not in Eleven's bio, but really fascinated me, and one of the reasons we had this conversation in the first place, is the fact that they used to be a professional beauty YouTuber with hundreds of thousands of subscribers with multiple income streams through that, truly at the top of their industry. And then they stepped on the medicine path in a deeper way than ever before. And what was shown to them led to a complete reinvention in real life and in their digital space. We talk about alter egos, walking the medicine path, the specific mindset and a moment that led to Eleven building a super successful YouTube channel. We talk about identity shifts in the digital age, alter egos, and different rituals and practices that can help you step into the highest version of yourself, how to deal with negativity on social media, and this is one of my favorite topics, becoming your own pattern interrupter. Enjoy this incredible conversation with Eleven, and as always, if you're moved by something Make sure that you let us know and share it on your Instagram story, tag us, all of the links for everything we mention, as well as the best ways to connect with us are always in the show notes and on KseniaBrief.com. Thanks so much for spending your time with me and have a blessed rest of your day as you tap into the deep transmissions that are encoded in this potent conversation. This podcast was made on Zencaster. All right, Eleven, welcome to the Extending Brief podcast. I am so excited to connect with you. And in a moment, I want to invite you to introduce yourself in a way that feels alive today because you've been going through so many different shifts. But before we do that, I just really wanted to acknowledge you and celebrate you and honor you for your courage, for your tremendous courage, for being this channel of flow of being present, who you're meant to be in every moment, and with so much vulnerability and open heart, sharing every step of the way with your community online. It takes so much to do it, and then it's a whole other layer of courage to share it. So I really just see you and witness you and celebrate you in that. Mm, Wow. Thank you so much for saying all that. I didn't even expect that, and I have full body chills. I have goosebumps on my arms. Just to be 
given such words of affirmation and such a beautiful, beautiful reflection is such an honor. And sometimes I'm walking in my own avatar and I don't even realize that it's impactful, of course, because you're just in it. So to be reflected that back so profoundly is such medicine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me and witnessing me and providing this platform for me to share. And uh, I appreciate you so much. Yeah. I believe that when we share our truth, our stories, it has the capacity to awaken something and those who are meant to connect with that piece of content and that story. So with you, your story just has so many dimensions and depths, and it's also so digitally connected with who people knew as how you grew your social media platforms. So we'll get there in a moment. But in the meantime, how do you like to introduce yourself these days or not even these days, but in this moment? <laughs> yeah, great question. Well, I now live in Mexico, so I'll just be very literal about that because it's fun for me. I've realized that, you know, I stepped into, or I should say 11 walked in, in the earlier part of 2021. So it's been coming up to about a year now. And so I always introduce myself as 11 in the States, but now I'm living in Mexico. So Hola, mi nombre es Once, <laughs> también in, in México, which has been a fun thing. So it's it's been a, a fun journey to just kind of reimagine and kind of reinvent myself after living very publicly as Lynette Sine, this, you know, online avatar. And uh, that showed up pretty profoundly in that space. And now just rearranging it and just going, okay, now let's reinvent the wheel. So today I introduce myself as, um, yeah, I am 11. I am a, a glitch in the matrix uh, here to just, you know, help people remember. It's simple. And yeah, <laughs> I'm still re re trying to understand even how to introduce myself. It's been a fun process. I know it's such an interesting thing when we start to get to know ourselves in different dimensions of our being. I know from my own medicine psychedelic journeys, once I tap into certain frequencies of me being a part of source, a part of it all, and me also being all there is, when someone asks me, so how did you start your podcast? Or, you know, I looked at your Instagram or TikTok and I'm still not sure what you do. On the one hand, there's like what do I do? You know, there's like always this reinvention, like whatever feels alive for me in the moment is what I do. And it doesn't fit into any marketing or like branding par old paradigm view of social media. But even though it feels super uncomfortable, a lot of the time for me, I find that this is what it is. You know, social media is there for us to shine the multidimensionality of who we are, even when there's no words, because what we share captures the frequency of our hearts. And oftentimes there are no words or there, you know, there is not even an image. It's just a transmission for those who are ready to receive it. They'll just pick it up and there's still no words. It's just like a, a feeling and a remembering, like you said. 100%. And you said that so eloquently. I 100% agree. It's a, it's a unique thing to share yourself. And the way I do it too is quite shamelessly and unapologetically and provocatively because I didn't used to be that way, but I just was tired. Honestly, dude, I was just tired. I was like, I am so sick of trying to put up this whole facade. And so it's been a really exciting journey to peel back all the layers and 
dive a little deeper into my own subconscious. And like you said, I am everything. Uh, I am all things. So there's no explanation, right? It's like Taoism. There is when it's something that you can't explain. So you just to try and explain it cheapens it or you know ruins it. So it's just it just is. But we're obviously within a shift right now. So we obviously live in a matrix that not everyone is fully in the awareness of the the depths of being in that sense. So uh, I play with it. I make it fun. I'm the Joker archetype, true, truly, truly. At the end of the day, and so I'm not easily offended. I'm just having a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and if not that, what is important? Playing with the avatar, pl- playing with other beings that come on our path, and playing with who we've been before. You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about so much, and I've been experiencing myself, and I see in you as a mirror of aspects of myself is, you know, I started sharing my life on social media very young when I was probably 15. So it's been almost 20 years. And there's been different iterations of it, different brands, different things people know me as. But one of the identities that a lot of people know me as, as this wellness blogger known as Breakfast Criminals. And then I knew it was time to release it didn't have the courage to release it because there was like all these external accolades associated with it. People will recognize me as it. Plus I have a name Ksenia that a lot of people don't remember or don't know how to pronounce. So they not pronounce it at all so that they don't make a mistake. And it took a lot for me to release that. And it's just unfolded in the past year. It was like total, I'm letting go of this. I'm stepping into my full name and I don't know what's going to unfold from there. But for now, it's just me embracing this full human as I am and seeing who I'm meant to be next. And what I'm noticing, I've been teaching social media as well for like, I don't know, probably a decade. And the knowledge of how to be a storyteller on social media and how to like grow your channels wasn't really widely available when I was doing it. Now it's a lot more of a thing. There's like so so many social media coaches. It's a lot more accessible, which I think is awesome. And I think with that, a lot of people's consciousness is still focused on how do I grow? How do I grow? How do I monetize? You know, and I think the next stage of that is something that I am in right now. And I've seen you be in a similar iteration of it, which is, okay, I've done these things. I've grown my YouTube. I've grown my, you know, Instagram. I've partnered with awesome, huge brands. I've made a living from this. And now it's no longer hundred percent my truth. So what's the next thing? And I haven't seen really anyone talk much about this transformation, this metamorphosis, this identity alchemy in the digital age, because there's so much of previous aspects and versions of self that is out there that people expect from us and we expect from us because it's comfortable and because it's known. And it is truly walking without a map. I mean, everything is is the unknown, but this aspect of self-expression in particular, I find that there is no map at all. Mm -hmm. 100%. Truly, it's the edge of the unknown. Uh, And I want to share with you too, before I reflect back, but I have one of my best friends is named Ksenia. Really? And I absolutely adore her. She's helped me through so much of my walk. Her name is Ksenia Durst. She was married to Fred Durst in the past. And and we both kind of went on our separate paths from our husbands at the same time. So she walked with me through a really interesting season. And so she's one of like a beloved friend of mine. So I, when I saw that your name was that, I was like, ah, I already felt like an adoration for that name. So it is an uncommon name. 
Uh, but just a fun little story there. But the evolution in showing up as one thing and then completely shape-shifting into an entirely other being, even physically, uh, I mean, you know, all the things has been a really interesting journey. And then, of course, the consciously wise, I was like, what? I mean, I had a lot of things online within me always, right? Because I just came fully loaded. So that's why I like to say the, the word remembering more than changing, rather. I've never heard fully loaded in this context. I would love to get in there once you finish your thought. Yeah, cool. So it's been a process, man. Like I have been, as you saw in you know some of the videos of how you found me, as we talked earlier, just how you've come across me through Sky Cowan's video on YouTube and been coming kind of back online as this new being, but a little bit trepidatious, like coming with my, you know, paws in the ground, just kind of like looking around going, is it fine to just be this? Are we good? And so your powerful reflections of how my story is resonating is the medicine for me to be able to see, okay, wow, my message is resonating because it is the most sacred part of me. So that's why it's been scary because how I showed up before was easy, dude. It was like, hey, let me do makeup for you and all the biggest brands in the world. Sure, I'll go to Kim Kardashian's house to talk about her makeup line. Like it was just, it was like the illusion of success. And it was, I got to what I would say was the top of that field in my experience because I could have gone further, but I was complete. And then I just was like, this is not sustainable. Uh, So it was easy for me to really pull back and tread lightly and shift into another path, which took a couple years of integration. And so, yeah, the metamorphosis, it's exactly that. The chrysalis time is important for, for thought leaders and any being, whether you're an actor, any artist, any artist needs that time of chrysalis so that they can, you know, really rebuild and their DNA is completely shifting and um, you're turning into an entirely new essence. So you said you came into the world fully loaded and you have a pretty unique story of who your parents brought you into the world as and what they did. So I would love to go into whatever feels relevant in terms of how you were born and the family you were born into and some of the knowing that was cosmically put into you as you were born and how the remembering started unfolding. Mm, Yeah quite a unique start into this this earth for <laughs> myself. I grew up with parents that were world traveling magicians and um, they yeah used the art and the illusion of magic, not to be confused like as a musician, but a magician. So the art and the illusion of magic to storytell, really. I mean ultimately they used that platform to tell really impactful, thought-provoking stories. And so growing up as an entertainer child is a blessing and a curse, as any child of an entertainer would say, because I got to see thousands of people clapping for my parents. So what they said was Bible. What they said was, you know, like I just, I thought that they were just the most incredible thing and they are. And my process through my own journey has been a unique one with a lot more sets of doubt, I would say self-doubt and self-reflection just because it's a tough act to follow. We'll put it that way. By the time my mom was my age, she had two of us already and she was had already traveled the world with my dad and continued to do so. But 
you know, I just have sat there kind of just going, wow, okay, well, geez, like my parents are dope. They're like making rabbits appear and have all these illusions. And they were on one of the largest touring shows in the world. And, you know, it was lights, camera, action. My dad was also a TV producer. So it was a unique upbringing. And that allowed me to, though, establish being comfortable being seen as a performer. I grew up on stage and uh, played around with the idea of alter egos since I was a tiny thing. That was very much a part of my parents' lifestyle was creating characters that performed on stage. So Eleven is one of many alter egos you will see throughout my lifetime. We'll put it that way. And the other ones, you may not know that it's me. So that's going to be fun for people to follow the white rabbit and see if you can pay attention. You have to pay attention pretty closely, though, to all the seeds that are planted and the clues. It's all a riddle. Uh, And it's an interesting and quite... My brain is an anomaly sometimes, um, but it's fun. So that's kind of led to how I show up today. You know, magic is a part of my essence, not just the illusion of it anymore, though, the practice and the you know, art of finding magic in every day, right? Just practicing ritual and sacred ceremonies. And yeah, so it's been a journey and a really fun one, a really fun one. I'm so incredibly blessed, so grateful. When did you realize that Lynette was not the real you, but an alter ego? Oof. I realized in Well, here's what I'll say. I surround myself with a lot of beings that have stepped into new characters. We'll put it that way. Not only again in the entertainment space. So that had always had my wheels turning. I've seen a lot of entertainers to have stage names and step into an entirely new thing. So that was something my dad and I talked about for since I was born of, you know, what is this being that you want to show up as? But he was, he loved the Lynette Sine story because he was like, I named you Lynette Sine because you're going to be one of the greatest female, keyword, female magicians <laughs> to ever live. And I was like, okay, dad, like, and it was his way of like shaping me and all that. And I love that. And I, I had to, you know, walk my own two feet. So I would say though, it was more recently that I knew my journey was coming to put Lynette Sine on a shelf. And that was when people in my community and some would call it the spiritual community, which I absolutely hate. It makes me like, ugh. but it is like, <laughs> there's a large spiritual community, I guess, that I'm a part of loosely. Uh, I'm a rim walker, baby. I live in all, many different worlds and realms. And I like to keep it that way because it's healthy. So I started seeing though, friends of mine just showing up and changing their names and just diving into something else. And I was like, well, that's a lot of permission. So these templates started to really fascinate me. And I was in an ayahuasca ceremony, probably my 10th ceremony, I would say. And I all of a sudden finally met the self. So I had death to self many times, many times on all different kinds of medicines and different work and different exercises in the human curriculum or earth school, you know, like near death experiences. So that was death to self, right? Then I had like marriage, which was a death to self. And I had then the medicine ceremonies, all that. But on this particular ayahuasca ceremony, I finally, it wasn't a death to self. It was a meeting of the self. And it was like a you behind the you moment where I saw a new being of myself looking at myself and calling me forward. And I was like seducing me. So I was 11 seducing me forward, which I didn't know the name yet, but I saw myself. 
I had long hair at the time and I was in the ceremony and I just was like looking up and I saw myself with a shaved head and I was doing this like tribal dance and I was like calling myself forward, like kind of like, come on, come on. It's okay. Like you don't have to hold on to that. So if anyone knows anything about ayahuasca, you know that sometimes a purge happens. And so I felt a large purge coming forward. And as I was puking into this bucket, just going, oh gosh, I felt my hair, which was like I said, long at the time. And it just, everything in my hair felt old and dead and needing to be removed. Like if you would have had a razor there in that, in like, or a, you know, clipper there in that ceremony, I would have done it then. It was like, it needed to get off of me. It felt dirty. It felt old. I needed to remove it. And that's also something very similar that a lot of people go through and are shamed for it, i.e. Britney Spears and like different beings like Rose McGowan or Sinead O'Connor and like uh, Annie Lennox, like meaning these beautiful, strong beings. And it's a weird anomaly when women do this, womb space holders do this. It's really like this shocking thing. And, and then there's so many more that we could, you know, say in the entertainment space, but there's just, those are a few that I've witnessed that, um, have gone through it. And some like Brittany got ridiculed for it, dude. And it, it, cause she was going through an entire thing and she obviously, we don't need to get into her story, but I was like, Oh man, you know, some people are like, are you going through like a Brit? I literally got that asked to me. Are you going through some like Brittany moment where you're having a midlife crisis? You know, you're, you're getting divorced. You have no idea who you are. You're kind of just da da da. And I just, let the naysayers be the naysayers. It's always, it's, uh, this is not my first rodeo when it comes to people hating me, which you mentioned, you had seen me on the and series, the skin deep series on YouTube. So I've been crucified before. This is not my first time. And so I've developed a really thick skin around knowing that all those that are poking at you, are you, you know, it's like you poking at you to remind you that like it is because it's the deepest part of you. So those are just to help you remember like that trigger is a treasure. So, you know, I just now how I know now how to look at it and just examine it instead of crumble. Cause I used to crumble, you know, on YouTube when I would get some comments and I would be like, Oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I am mentally ill. I don't know. Like, you know, but I've just kind of allowed it to, yeah, self inquiry and contemplation has saved my life instead of having to know all the answers. It's just like, just witness, just examine it, witness it. And it just is. And to be safe in knowing that takes courage to simultaneously keep going. Right. But yeah, that feels most true for me right now. Yeah. And, you know, I totally hear what you're saying, how anytime there's external poking, it's because there's something within us that's not fully accepting whatever's present or whatever's trying to come in. And I know that for me, the only time I'm triggered by any kind of comments, you know, or like judgments on social media is because there's part of me that still hasn't fully accepted that. And I also know that the part of me that desires to have clarity in expressing who I am and what I do in the world is also the part that doesn't believe that I can just be myself and be fully provided for by source and be fully guided. And I don't need to like fit into a brand or a niche or like build something that's flashy in some way, you know? And uh, it takes this like daily courage. You know how many times I wake up and I'm like, 
maybe I should go back to my podcast being called like some spunky name that people adore, like it used to be. And it's the spirit is like, no, no, you're still in the school of learning to be this human. And then, you know, we'll see. You're still in this chapter. 100%. Yeah. Thank you for doing that because it continues to provide other people with seeing that, you know, I, I totally hear you when it comes to like all those brand names too. So to like really step into your name and to come back to it and it be so sure-footed is really inspiring. And uh, yeah, I honor you for that too. And that's, I just got a hit as you're saying that just because I'm constantly like channeling. So I'm like, I just got a hit that that's going to serve you so well, babe. So continue to just keep growing, glowing and going. We're here to cheer you on all the way. It's good. I receive. Thank you. I'm so excited to share with you that my number one podcasting tool since day one of this podcast, Zencaster, is sponsoring this episode. I remember when I first started my podcast, it seemed like solving a tech puzzle. But I've been using Zencaster since day one, and honestly, it's made it so easy. It provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. What I love about it is that it records separate audio and video tracks for me and my guests. So the editing process is super customized. Plus, they offer secured cloud backups, and I've never lost a single episode. It's super easy to use. There's nothing to download, and my guests just have to click on the link, and we start recording. I recently got to try their automatic post-production, and it's so good. I'm a huge fan of Zencaster. If you're a podcaster or you're thinking about starting a podcast, Zencaster has a special deal for my listeners. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter promo code KSENIA, all capitals, my name, to get 30% off your first three months with Pro Account. It includes unlimited audio and video recordings, hosting up to four guests at once, audio and video mixing, and unlimited English transcriptions. You get a 14-day trial and can always downgrade to the free account if you choose to. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com forward slash pricing, promo code Xenia, all caps, or click the link in the show notes to get that 30% off. It's time to share your story. So what I would love to rewind back to is what was your first social media platform? How did you get introduced to social media? And at what point did you decide to build a channel of a beauty vlogger? How did that all unfold? And if you remember, what was your very first screen name? Oh, that's a, that's okay. Well, that's a fun one because my very first screen name, I'll never forget. Uh, my very first screen name, I like stole like an artist. I pulled one of those moves and I was really, it was the AOL instant messenger. We're going to go way back there. And I stole this name that I heard someone else say. And I was like, yeah, well, she's not going to use it. And it was Kina Special. Not Kinda with like a D. It was Kina. K-I-N-A Special. So that shows a lot about where I was. And I was probably <laughs> 11, honestly. I was probably like 11 years old. Uh, 11, 12, whenever, you know, AOL was a thing. And so that was, I remember my first screen name. And then from there, I didn't really have fake screen names anymore. Like I just started showing up as myself after that. It was probably MySpace. And I actually, it's really dope to come back to now because more recently, I don't know who it is that I ran into, but they're like, you don't understand. Like I used to follow your MySpace. Like you were such a thought leader then. 
And I was like, really? And they're like, oh yeah, dude. Like you did such a good job taking photos even back then. Like your MySpace was a world to get lost within. And so I still, to this day, sign into MySpace to get old photos off of my account. It's a bizarre platform now. Like you can't even like really function the websites. Like doesn't work properly, but there's still so many great photos of my past on there that I love to source. But yeah, I just showed up as myself as, you know, well, I, my, my maiden name is Roscoe. So I was Lynette Roscoe. And then it was actually when I stepped into Lynette Sine publicly, uh, was again, prompted by my father, the magician, the magi. He was like, I think you should not go by Lynette Roscoe because eventually you're going to get married. And I think that's, you know, I named you Lynette Sine. We named you, but he's very, he's a strong personality. So he would be like, I named you Lynette Sine because, you know, I really think that that's going to be the name that carries you. And I was like, all right, dad, that's actually not a bad idea. So I started an Instagram account. I was involved as a makeup artist. I started doing really fun, artistic, avant-garde editorial shoots in my hometown in Tucson, Arizona and started a little yeah name for myself there and then moved to LA you know in 2012 2012 actually and it was until 2013 and I was a makeup artist professional makeup artist out there and I was kind of more behind the scenes and the truth is is that I I mean I was working with large amounts of celebrities. I was working on TV shows and award shows and like I was seeing all of it at a close distance. So I've had a lot of that entertainment culture right in front of my face and I was helping get the artists ready and like pushing them out and being like, yeah, go, go, go. And uh, making them feel beautiful. And I would sit there and it's so humbling that process because I was like, I just want to do this myself though. Like I don't really want to do it for other people but it's where I'm at right now. And I kind of knew it was like a part of the process. So I just kept going. And then it it only took a year, a year of being in LA. It probably wasn't even the full year. Actually, no, it wasn't even the full year. It took very short amount of time before I was offered. Well, I showed up to a casting call and it was to launch a YouTube channel. I didn't know that at the time. I just was like, oh, a casting call for professional makeup artists, nail artists, and hairdressers, which I did all of those. And I had been doing them for a while at that point, you know, professionally. So, and I had toured all over the world, actually, actually like teaching and stuff. So I felt very, very strong as a teacher. And so as we know, YouTube can, it's a lot, a platform for teaching people things. It's really just what it is. It's a large masterclass platform. And I mean, it can be right. It's all things, but especially in the beauty community. And so I came across a casting call. There was about, I'd say 50 girls in line and 50 beings, I should say. It wasn't just women. And I sat in my car, my little jalopy, it was like falling apart. And I was just like, I'm not going into a casting call. Like, I don't want to have to like prove myself. I know who I am. And I just kind of turned on my car to like drive away, just being like, this is stupid. And that's when spirit was like, okay, well, if you don't have to prove yourself, then you're going to get it. So then just go. And I was like, okay, fine. So I went in and yeah, 50 dwindled down to, you know, 30 and 30 dwindled down to 10. And then between 10, they chose five. And I was one of the five to launch YouTube channels, but with a full crew and a full team. So that's a rare occurrence to happen. Um, We're seeing it more and more, but like that was still even an early model back then. That was in 2013. So that's how I got started. And they had a team of 
13 people helped me launch my YouTube and all of my platforms. So it was Lynette Sine came online, you know, and it was a very slow process. I was actually so insecure on camera, I realized. And I was like, oh. Oh, and I look back at my initial videos and my voice was high and I was like very nervous because I had a whole team, you know? So I think it would have been a different thing if I just started my YouTube channel like this, like in the privacy of my own home. And, but I did have a full team, which was actually really great because it, the inertia was a lot and it really, I, I'm really good under pressure. So I was just like, let's go for it. And I just got, I'm like a sponge and I just started watching how the process started and I was a creative director essentially and the talent. And so that's kind of been my role with a lot of different companies moving forward. So it's been a beautiful process and I am so grateful for how it's all landed and it's taught me a lot. And that's how I kind of started. And then from there, yeah, moved into, you know, a couple other places within the industry that helped really expand what had initially started. So I left that company and moved to like larger companies and they helped really push out my content and my messaging, which was again, very opaque. I ironically, even though it was like using color to put on my face, it was quite opaque in the storyline and like what I was sharing. So I look forward to now showing up and really giving what's who this being is all about and what I look forward to sharing as I know that I'm here to have, I hold a very large container for, spirit to channel through and share some wisdom, some codes. Now, because you started that channel in collaboration with that company, did that mean that some of it belonged to them or did you just have to promote it for the time being? What's the arrangement there and and what was your experience shifting away from that? Yeah. Also a great question. That was 100% owned by them. So they owned the channel outright. And this goes to show my very resilient fighter spirit, uh, the five beings that they launched channels for, uh, when it came time for that company to kind of, they ended up getting acquired by another large company, uh, in the process. And so our contract actually never came to its fulfillment. And so I, I was like, no, like, I want to keep going. This is fun. I'm having a great time. Like I want to keep going. And And they were like, well, actually, out of all the talent, we do want to keep moving forward with you. So we're getting acquired, but we'd like to take you with us. So that's when like it led to another thing. So I just have been very outspoken about what I want and desire. And I think that's served me really well in all aspects of my life. I'm still learning more each and every day to ask for what I want and ask for what I need or just declare it, which can be hard for us women, you know? So that's been a process, but I'm really grateful to have been that like fiery even back then. And then it came to a point where I didn't want to be, I, I tried it out. I did a trial with the new company that they got acquired by. And I was just like, this isn't it. I don't really want to be based in San Francisco. I like LA. So I worked with an attorney and I just was like, I want this channel. I want to own it. And so I figured it out. Nice. I figured it out and I got the rights to it. I was like, I want this. I want to keep going. So yeah, you have to fight for what you want sometimes. And that was like the first time that I really got to exercise that. And it was really cool. So once you were out of that contract and the channel was yours, was it just this open field to create anything you wanted and speak about anything you wanted to? It was, but the key, YouTube is funny. It's because like, once you do that, what do you call like the, like the name or whatever, like the URL, there we go. The URL, 
You can't change it. You can't change it, dude. So it's so weird. <laughs> so I would go to YouTube directly, okay? Because like I had a very interesting process through YouTube and they would help me like at the actual YouTube headquarters and they're like, okay, no, no, we're going to switch it. Still to this day, not switched. Very weird. Like it's a very weird thing. So it kind of like in my mind, to be honest, I wasn't even... I was in a process of being like, oh, well, I'm beauty focused. I wasn't even, there was nothing more at that point. And actually, this is an interesting thing that you're bringing up because I did get offered quite a large amount of money, in fact, to get bought out of my contract to become a video gamer wow. by a angel investor that like, I'm still actually very close with that we do business together. But he does large you know, collaborations with brands all over the world. He's like, I can turn you into one of the biggest archetypes. Like I'm telling you, you've got it. Let's go. And I have a lot of those archetypes in my life that just kind of continue to reflect like you're a star. You've got what it is, like whatever that thing is, like you've got it. So like we're keeping an eye on you. And there's a few that I surround myself with that have just been paying attention. And uh, I was offered and I was like, that's not me. I don't want to do that. So I've been offered really interesting segues or, you know, steps in a different direction. And I was like, no, dude, I don't want to do that. Like I'm very stubborn when it comes to knowing what I want. And at that time I was really focused in the beauty space. So I just continue to stay into that. I could have though, the answer, that was a long answer to say, yes, I could have gone in any direction, but that still felt very in alignment for me at the time. And that's when I moved into, um, another company called Ipsy and they were representing another small slate of talent that kind of worked together to like uh, create video content. And that was a really great, again, stepping stone. And then I started kicking and screaming there. Cause I was like, this just isn't it. There's just so much more. And so, um, a lot of people saw me as kind of an ingrate because people would have died to have that position, you know, but I just was like, eh, eh. <laughs> there's going to be so much more to this character. And I knew that all along. So now even moving forward, just so that was just a few years ago. And I have quantum leapt so quickly because of the medicine path that now people that I surrounded myself with back then, like in that beauty space, now do see me as a wisdom keeper. They do see me as a guide of sorts. And I tread lightly when I say that, but I don't know how else to say it. They've, I have been a guide for people now because they're so scared to let go of their identity in that space, right? To like, completely let go of how you've been showing up is a scary thing. So I feel really grateful and I see where it's all going, you know, because I do some pretty deep work and I'm like, I'm seeing where this is all heading and it's quite exciting. We're at a precipice of a very exciting journey. And I just, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just again, coming every day with such deep gratitude going great spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing, you know, me to help lead this charge into this new earth. Um, it's going to be a large and painful shift for others. And so they're going to need some of us to help them walk into, you know, this new, this new way of being. And you're one of them. So I see you. Thank you. You know, as you said, now I'm a wisdom keeper and a guide. The way that I was shown it is you have been that the whole time. When you were touching people's faces before they went on stage, you were putting that remembering onto them, and then they would be spreading it to their huge audiences. That's exactly why you've been paired with celebrities and public figures all along. 
And that's exactly why you heard that voice of, I'm ready. I'm no longer going to be behind the scenes. I don't need to be like the third person to transmit that light, to transmit their remembering through someone else. It's time for me to step on the stage because I can hold it. Mm, it's so, so cool that you say that. And I receive that. Thank you. And yeah, you're right. It's true. When I go back, I'm like, some of the people that I got to just work with, I'll just say my favorite one, which is going to be so unexpected, was Princess Leia. I got to hang with Carrie Fisher while she was filming The Last Star Wars, and I was holding onto her hands, painting purple glitter. She wanted purple glitter. She's so cute. And she's just telling me her story, and I'm looking into her eyes going, you are basically the archetype that has, like, the sci-fi archetype dream character of mine. Number one, that I had a crush on. Number two, that I just looked at as such an idol and hero or heroine, right? And I was like, what? I'm sitting with Carrie Fisher. This is so cool. And she was just loving our conversation. And I remember thinking, yeah, I do have some sort of shiny thing that people are really like loving. So I, I kind of always knew it, but I, you know, it's part of the process. So thank you for saying that. You're right. And to anyone else out there that is listening to this, just remember that, right? Like we're we're placed in these situations so perfectly. We're so perfectly appointed for all of the steps in the journey. And so if you are at that space where you're feeling like, ah, I'm ready for the next thing, um, you know, just be encouraged. And, you know, you can take risks, you can take the next leap. And but just also to appreciate where you are now and just to see it as that space of like the path that's leading to the like sword in the stone moment or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah. You know, I'm called to orchestrate for anyone who's listening and ready to hop into this quantum experience with us. I'm called to orchestrate this moment of us all stepping into the car, closing the door and being like, ah. I don't really need this. You know, I can do this on my own. That moment that you had before the YouTube audition, because in my line of work with being a guide for people to express their essence on social media, what I witness a lot, and even I have those patterns myself, and of course, that's why I teach it, is this idea that, well, once I, let's say, reach 100,000 subscribers on YouTube or a million followers on TikTok, whatever that number is for you, like that's it. You know, I'm set. Like the views are going to be there. I can just do what I love every day. It's going to be in the flow. You know, brand partnerships are going to be just organic and natural. And it's such an illusion that we need to get to some sort of external number that validates us before we can be fully provided for and fully guided. And as someone who has worked with some of the top brands in the world, who has grown channel with hundreds of thousands of subscribers and you know, you've experienced it. What message do you have for anyone who still feels somewhat guided by those principles of, oh, when only I reach this number, things are going to be X, Y, Z. Like I will have arrived, you know, this like total illusion. Yes. Yes. Well, you said it just there. It is a magic trick. It is an illusion. <sighs> I always say this, we're not numbers on a scale. We're not social security numbers. We're not numbers in our bank account. We're not numbers on our social media. It's just like a trap. It's a large trap to get stuck in that. And I know that that's part of the matrix that we live in, these number sequencing. So it is important to, you know, depending on your journey to master those in some capacity, whatever feels good for you and your mission here. 
because I do believe we each have one, but isn't it just to be? So it can be quite simple. So when you start to just be and your true self, your true essence, then things start to start moving more quickly. And um, I think I've always kind of known that. So in all the aspects of my personality or just my walk, I just have always settled with that. And things just started to magnetize to me, right? Because I just was like, oh, I wasn't trying to get anything or grab anything. It just kept showing up. So I'm at a really interesting point, literally as we speak, because I'm like, I can feel that there's like a next thing that's about to really go here, but I'm not forcing it. And so spirit is continuing to show me these like magic dark tests and the initiations get deeper and deeper, but I would just encourage all of you to, if it's like, you know, you know, from the core of your being that you're supposed to be sharing your story online, just keep sharing it. Do it just because you know that spirit is channeling through your voice. It takes thousands of hours. You know, it's not an overnight thing. Overnight successes are BS. Like that's not a true story ever. You have to always take into consideration that every single being has put in those, you know, those hours. And it's, it's, I, I like to say it like the audience of one, you know, if it's, if you're not doing it just for yourself, don't do it for outside validation, you know, do it because you love it. And then it doesn't feel like work. So then you will put in the hours for it. You know, so if it is you in a full-time job and going, oh, but I know I'm really supposed to talk about this online or I want to create this on, you know, in the world, then you'll find the hours because it doesn't feel like work. So it's an amazing thing that art creates in the spirit, right? You just have this unlimited source of energy all of a sudden to create it because it is so pure in its essence. And it is because it is divine. You're tapping into the ether, the consciousness of spirit, which is not coming from you. So that allows you to not get into the, the self-sabotage as much and the narcissistic qualities. If it, again, you have to keep yourself really in check, you know, and just understand that. And I was just talking to a beautiful artist that I've been spending some time with recently and same thing. I was just saying that this morning, I was like, it's not coming from you. Just remember that, you know? So that's the way to stay humble is just to go, wow, what a gift. Thank you to the muse to, you know, to source for showing up for me today, because now I get to, you know, channel it through this vessel. What a gift. Thank you for showing up. And sometimes it doesn't. And so then just learning to be in those days and not force it has been a huge lesson for me because uh, I have so many different artistic endeavors that I love and they just come to me when they come and it feels right. But I try not to like force it as much. So when it comes to, yeah, like a social media platform, just knowing that here's one thing, one piece of advice that I would give is just if you know, and I know that there's those that know. And I love talking with them. It's like, oh, I know. I'm like, then write it out. Write it out. Journal your ass off. Get it into that journal. And you're going to feel a little funny, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, who am I to like dare to dream this big? Um, but if people, I've been journaling my whole life because I'm like, I know that this is what's manifested it for me. And then the other practice that I recommend is mirror work. And so, and so those of you that are watching this in the video aspect, I have a gold mark in my third eye. So every morning I get up and I walk myself home to that awareness that I am just spirit, 
I'm an essence of spirit, a fractal of the divine whole. And so anytime I put this mark on my forehead, it's because I did the mirror work. I don't put the gold mark unless I've done my practice. So I look at myself in the mirror. If it's one minute, sometimes it goes to 30. Depends on what the time frame is. It's one of my favorite practices. And I just speak into myself and call myself forward. And um, that's a really big clue, guys. So actually do it. Don't just like hear me say it, just actually do it. It's so powerful. What do you actually say? And which parts of yourself are you calling in? Your soul, your spirit, your spirits? I would say it depends. I mean, it's a, a journey and it depends on if there's medicine or no medicine, but yeah, typically it's, it's just in the morning, <laughs> but I do have a good time with uh, some psilocybin and mirror work. We'll say that, but I just look at myself and I, I make direct eye contact And I say all of the things that I need to hear, whether it's reparenting myself, whether like whatever it is. So it, sometimes it's simple and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really good for the day. Like I don't need to affirm myself in too many ways, but sometimes it's, you know, it's a hard day. So I really need to remind myself of who I am. And so I cast spells around what's coming. I'm like, you are a New York or So excuse me, I say I am. So I always say I am statements. I am a New York Times bestseller. I am a revered thought leader. I am a Nobel Peace Prize winner. That one's a new one that came through like within the last week. And my hand like sh shook when I wrote it. I was like, <gasps> and I literally have chills as I'm saying it. because I was like, why would I say that? That's so bold. Like I, you know, had a little bit of doubt there, right? As we always do. And I was like, I am a Nobel Peace Prize winner. I was like, of course, you know, because there's a lot of doubt. My, my messaging is quite provocative sometimes. So there's doubt in me being someone that's revered, I guess. And so I kind of, you know, sometimes shy away, but yeah, I, I'm like, dare to dream. That's what this whole human experience is. And it's a game. And not a lot of people want to say that. And like, they think that that's crude. And, but my mom, thank God for my mom. She always told me that since I was little, because I just want you to know this whole thing's a game, even love. She goes, even love, it's a game. She's like, you got to play it right. You know, she's like, you got to just understand. She's not like a player, but what I mean by that is like, she's just, it was kind in how she said it. She was like, you got to just like understand how people process and you got to make things interesting and fun and it doesn't have to be so serious. And um, I really appreciate that she gave me that little piece of wisdom because it really has served me in that. I love both of those invitations and that, Brings me back to moments where I remember I was getting deeply into meditation and creative visualization and manifesting maybe 20 years ago, I guess now. No, 10 years. Who cares? Time is so nonlinear these days. Anyway, I was getting deeply into it and I was living in like this tiny, tiny room in Soho. There was like lots of mice and car cockroaches. And I had like a bed that was above the room and underneath the bed was like a tiny little closet and a tiny little desk. But I was stoked because it was in Nolita. It was like surrounded by all of the buzz and the fashion and the style of Soho. So for me, it was a dream come true. And at the time I wasn't making a lot of money. I didn't really have the prospects to stay in America because I was on a student visa from Russia. And I was writing down everything I wanted to manifest. And it started with, I want to start going out to really nice dinners, like two or three times a week. From things like that to, I want to be one of the most sought after social media consultants in the world. And looking back on all of these things, all of them 
some within months, some within years, all of them unfolded. I ended up on like different lists and awards and things like that. And one of the things that I was shown in my recent journey with sacred mushrooms, which was my first one on a high, almost hero's dose, was exactly that, was I was shown visually the matrix that is made up of our thoughts and feelings and emotions and creations. And I was shown how I am the creator of it all. Everything that is around me and surrounds me is because I chose it. And I was shown that at some point I stopped intentionally creating. I stopped doing these manifestation lists. I stopped journaling my vision for myself. And that's exactly what caused me to feel stuck in some areas and be like, wait, who am I and what am I doing? And it was this like profound initiation back into play, back into creation, back into dreaming and walking into that and spelling, you know, casting spells through my words, through my heart frequency, through the portal that is my body. And it was so interesting because having been in the spiritual world for quite a bit of years and like having done different trainings, you know, from meditation to Reiki and Qigong, I thought that I've passed the grade where we manifest, where we write down lists of what we want to invite into our life. Like I'm in a different grade than that. I don't need to do those things. And it really brought me to my knees, that journey of like, no, it's like those simple things that doing them consistently is what makes the difference, not you having done them at some point and then like graduating. Whenever I feel that I've graduated, there's always like another door and another door and another door. And it's been so interesting to like let go of all of my illusions that I know more than past version of myself or I know more than someone else does. I know nothing. And all I can do is choose to show up and listen and create. And it's so moment by moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. What a powerful journey. That is so beautiful. And I took away so much from that too. (laughs) Jeez, just you sharing. Thank you. Yeah, that's powerful. So how do you think about creating? You know, you mentioned journaling and doing mirror work. When it comes to your artistic self-expression in the world and entrepreneurial. How do you think about it now since you've stepped into 11? And also once you met or became aware of 11, who probably was there all along, how did you translate that into how you showed up in your digital universe? Mm. Yeah. Well, 11 was there all along. And I just want to make note far before Stranger Things, because I've never seen the show, number one. And two, I was born with 11 toes. So it just was. I was born on February 11th. I'm an Aquarius, which is the 11th zodiac. My North Node is in my 11th house. Like it's just 11, 11, 11. It's just 11. So that has been so real in my life. And it just made sense. And that was kind of the aha moment where I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the new, this is the new avatar that's going to take me through the next chapter. It's like my Ziggy Stardust. It's like, you know, the permission slip that David Bowie needed to kind of just be a little bit more radical and stuff. And he's a huge archetype that I look to as a, as a template, but, and then as far as, yeah, completely shifting everything online, it just was fun. It felt like an an adventure because I was like, oh my gosh, now I can just do anything. Doesn't come without a little bit of grief though, just because um, 
I am such a, you know, an Aquarian that loves to kind of push boundaries and be the the little beep, beep, bop, boop, like alien in the room that likes to throw people off. And so people don't always get it, number one. And two, you know, my family is just like still honestly scratching their heads. So I'm like, it's fine. I don't care. But uh, yeah, I just, was that the question? Like, how did I actually start showing up online in a new essence or? Yeah. Yeah. How did that knowing that remembering translate into what you were sharing and how you were showing up and holding space online? Yeah. It just became an entirely new container to show up within and go full force into unapologetic truth. And it was, it still is like every day I'm just like, yes, what can I do today? That's like exciting. And so it, it's amazing. You guys, I highly recommend to every single being, even if it's a new nickname, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be so radical, but even if it's like, Hey, I want to start going by, you know, this or whatever. When you step out of something that's just been like really, I don't know the word for it, but just something that you've been showing up as just changing it up, going out in a wig for a night, just for fun. Just like go on a date with your husband with a wig on, like for fun, just something to change your identity, whether it's a new haircut and you actually do want to, you know, do that more permanently, whether it's a new tattoo, whether it's a new way of, I mean, style fashion has been a huge part of my expression, but just changing it up has been such a fun experience because then when I look in the mirror, I believe myself, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm a little different than I was yesterday. So I'm going to try this on for size. And I'm already such a rebel, a sacred rebel, I would say. Anyway, that I, I would love to walk into a room and I kind of go, what happens if I do a little bit of this? And what happens if I do a little bit of this? And I just kind of like test the world out. And I'm learning to do even more of that because I think I used to ask a lot of permission. Oh my, if the sign said, do not enter, I wouldn't enter it. Or, you know, if it said, you know, and I would just be like, well, what happens if I do enter? You know, I want to ask for forgiveness, not ask for permission. Like there's going to be so many blocks that enter your space or, you know, little challenges along the way. And it's just so important to remember that the what if, you know, that, that what if is a really cool Alice in Wonderland type moment, you know? just going down the rabbit hole into something completely and entirely different can lead to some pretty exciting adventures. And I recommend it. It's a fun time. And it takes one person to question the status quo for that door to open for so many others that they just like, it wasn't in the universe of what's possible to even ask. And I know that because I grew up in Soviet, post-Soviet Russia. So it was very much like you sit and listen, you don't question your teacher. You, like being a nice girl was above all values. And um, so that has been taking lots of unwinding, unwinding in so many ways of not taking roles at face value. And my husband, I know one of the reasons I'm meant to be with him is because he just lives as someone who has got no rules. He's a joker archetype, like through and through. I remember when I brought him to Russia with me the first time, I took him to a food market. The food markets there are absolutely epic and you get the best fish in the world. And he was trying like all these different types of, um, what do you call it? Smoked fish. 
And the seller, this woman didn't speak English. So I was like this translator, this is this kind of fish. And this is this kind of fish. This is how it's salted. This is where it comes from. And then he tries one of the pieces of fish and he goes, oh my gosh, tell this woman I love her. And, you know, he's just like, he, he's got such like full and playful presence. He just like expresses his emotions so easily. I remember our first date, we were walking down on 14th street in New York city after like getting a cup of coffee. And I told him that I had just had my first mushroom experience. He stopped in the middle of the street. He dropped everything and he grabbed me and put, put me up in the air and said, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Tell me more. And so when he asked me to translate, I love you to this woman, I'm like, we don't say those things. We don't do that. You know, for me, like even just translating his pure self-expression, it gets filtered through my limitations, like totally self-imposed, society-imposed limitations. And I've been really asking, like, first of all, forgiving myself and being gentle with myself, noticing the pattern, being like, okay, maybe today I won't be able to do this. Maybe next time I'll tell her he likes you, you know, just like one baby step at a time. But being this kind of pattern interrupter for everyone in the room, everyone on the path, and also for yourself. And I know you speak so beautifully about not waiting for the world to disrupt you and pattern interrupt you, but choosing to powerfully and intentionally interrupt your own patterns. And I know you've had some of those that you've created, like moving to Mexico very recently. So talk to us about that. Being your own pattern interrupt is something I highly encourage because sometimes you can just live in such stagnancy and be settling. So I do that often just because uh, are we are aren't we all creatures of comfort? We love to you know be comfortable. And so um, you know a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine actually have a brand called Seek Discomfort, which is the same concept, right? Seeking to be that pattern interrupt. So anytime you find fear in your body around something, lean into it. So for me, you know, I, I felt like I was complete in LA and I was like, what do I do? And I just picked a place that I knew felt like pure magic. So that's my whole thing is where follow the magic. And I had visited Tulum before and it just was one of the most incredible experiences and it was very short. It was about a week. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just go to Tulum with a one-way ticket. Um, and I had done that before to Costa Rica, but it wasn't with the intention of actually being there for more than a couple months. This time it was like, I don't know, maybe I'll go for a week. Maybe I'll go for 10 years. I don't know. And it was so freeing to do that. So I just set myself up for success. I put my stuff in storage, um, you know, t- gave my my beautiful dog to my mom to, to live on her land with her and my brother with 10 acres. And, and then I just, you know, said, Hey guys, I'm in a, I'm in a shift. I would like some support here. And they took care of my dog and I just bought a one-way ticket, came out here and I immediately did exactly what you said you wanted to, you you know, you manifest right in your journal as well. And I was like, this is what I would like to find out of Tulum and wrote the list down of things. And it's, one by one, I'm ticking things off the list and they're manifesting quite rapidly because uh, this is the land of manifestation because it's all water. So it's built on water. There's, you know, obviously the the um, the temples were built here, like the pyramids, the Mayan pyramids are here. So this is potent land. And I didn't really know what I was signing up for. It is initiatory land, that's for sure. So it's been deep. But in that's just one example 
but yeah, like the whole process of identity alchemy, you know, changing up an appearance is a part of a pattern interrupt or, you know, quitting a job and just knowing that spirit universe source is going to catch you. It will work out. Things are always working itself out. There's no moment where the world stops and it just doesn't, right? Nature continues. So yeah, I've, I've, I've done that in relationships, right? I've done it in just going, okay, this is a pattern. I see ourselves in a holding pattern. We need to get out of it. So I'll put, you know, a barrier, a boundary, and just kind of try and create, you know, a new um, environment in that landscape. So whatever aspect, I just tend to just, I can see when I'm falling into pattern. And now I can, I have actually friends in my life that also keep me accountable and I, I give permission to them to say, Hey, if you see me in any sort of, sort of pattern, you know, whether it's telling an old story that doesn't serve me anymore or whatever it is, please, can you reflect back to me? And I have a sounding board, a council, honestly, I've developed a council of really tight, tight knit inner circle that I share and workshop different things with and just go, you know, will you please call me forward? Because I, I don't know, like I'm stuck in this area or, and that's something, honestly, like I've worked with therapists and I've worked with coaches. It's something different than that. I'd say like, I have those too, but I recommend, you know, whatever it is that people need for their own mental health, but counsel, create a counsel around yourself to also help, you know, reflect back. What is it? What is it? Do you see something in me that I could maybe interrupt for myself? Like, what is it? And just giving permission to the people that love you the most, um, especially in marriage, you know, your, your husband, is there something that you see that I'm doing that maybe I could, you know, you have this Joker archetype. So is there somewhere in my life, you know, just giving them that permission is, it can be a fun exercise. It's not always comfortable. Mine does it without invitation. It takes me about, <laughs> like three months to be like, just to be able to listen it. And then three months later, I'll be like, you know what? I think you are right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's typically, typically the case. Yeah. Relationally, yeah. it can be hard to hear because you're like, oh, you don't know anything. Yeah. And you know what you're saying about creating this like tight knit council who can reflect truth and potential for patterns are up to you is so important because I feel that if we don't do that, our social media community could become that for us. And that can be super unhealthy and fragmenting. That's, you know, I've had moments myself where that's where I start sourcing my own value and worth and truth. And in the past year, I've like really been pulling back all of the aspects of myself and refinding my truth and choosing to create it instead of gather it. And in your experience, you know, you've had a couple of videos that you did with Topaz Adizis, who was a guest on my podcast and is a friend and someone who I truly just adore and love so much. You did a couple of videos with your ex-husband on his project, The End, on YouTube, where you bared your soul and your heart and your whole relationship. And those got millions of views and there were thousands of comments. And also you had your own channel where you've shared some things about your journey with leaving uh, the church, leaving the marriage. How do you go about, I don't even know if the word boundaries is right, but how do you view the topic of negative comments and judgments given that you do live such a public life? Yeah, this is something I ask myself all the time. I'm like, what is sacred? Why do I continue to share so transparently? And I can't even describe it as anything other than this still small voice within me that just knows 
just keep sharing because the thousands of comments that come through out of the thousand, there's like five that just hit you, that just hit you to your core that are awful. So out of the, the scales are always like this, you know, like the scales of, of what, or the feedback I do get that is positive outweighs the rest. Hands down. In my almost decade long of doing this, I'm telling you, I can think of like a few times that deregulated my nervous system to where I was like, <gasps> and you know, the more recently, honestly, I'll be super transparent. That video was Sky Cowens that I just did. This was kind of like my entry point into coming back online. And I knew it when she asked me to do it. I was like, oh, great. I was asking for this. I was asking for like that push, that kick in the pants and it's here. Thank you, spirit. And also... It took a lot of praying and meditating on it and, you know, just going, okay, I guess. Um, but I had like a very short window, like 24 hours to make a decision. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. But I, I, that feeling of inadequacy of speaking, especially about gender identity is so real for me and new that I was like, I don't feel qualified to share about this. And also who better than me? And if not me, then who? Because I'm being asked to so like, let's go. But yeah, I, I would just say, I witness it. And you know what? I'm not the person that doesn't go and read all the comments. I wish I could tell you that I was. <laughs> I'm not. I go and do it. I read all of them. I want to know. I'm like, let's see. Let's see what these people are reflecting. And I, I don't sit with it too long. I feel healthy enough to do that. I, I'm in a space where I feel sure-footed in my message. Everyone tells me, don't read the comments. And I'm like, I know, but I want to see what the reactions are because <laughs> I'm curious about consciousness more so. I'm not doing it because I believe it. Um, I will say with those videos at the end, but even still, I just kind of laughed. I just see it and I'm just like, okay. And it, everyone needs those naysayers. Everyone needs those kind of like threshold guardians in the hero's journey that go, you're never going to make it. Because nah, nah. that's what fires me. So that kind of, I use as fuel. So um, yeah, more recently, there's been even like reaction videos to Sky's video about me. And I watched one just yesterday and I was just like, totally like triggered a little bit, I guess. Uh, like it's not to the point where I was like, you know, at all mad or sad or it just was, I was, I was just watching it going, this guy's just putting negative energy out into the ether, into the universe. Like how sad for him. Um, but very interesting to witness you know, he did have some truths in there. So that's interesting, but he's just like, just a little bit off of like how he's approaching this. Cause I understand he wants to share his, his insight, but how cool would it have been to just do something like this instead, right? Just ask me questions instead of judge me. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's just a matter of knowing it's gonna exist when you are a disruptor. I've just known I'm here to agitate. I'm here to be the stone in people's shoe. It's just kind of always how it's been. And in your background right now, you have this beautiful painting of, it looks like it's, I know it's a, it looks like with antlers, but it looks like a black sheep almost without the antlers. <laughs> if you don't count the antlers, but it looks like a little black yeah, sheep. It's actually black tourmaline with quartz oh covered gosh. in gold copper made it's by Eric Reef's husband. <sighs> Right. Okay, it looks like paint from here, but that's incredible. Well, it's paint all around, and then this and the antlers are crystals. If you're watching us on YouTube, and if you're not, go find it. Wow. Yeah. 
Amazing. Well, I'm, I, but I am the black sheep and I've just known it. I've always been the black sheep in my family. And it's kind of been the inside joke of like, my mom's always like, no, you're not. I'm like, mom, like, it's fine. Like, I know what it is. Like, it's okay. I'm not the favorite in the family because I push the buttons and I, you know, but in the end, I know it's kind of just my role and I'm not like a masochist or I'm like, oh man, you know, and I keep like sourcing, like, I am honestly doing my best to just be myself and that is provocative. So it just is triggering. And instead of like, people always ask me, are you doing this just to be, you know, like, and I'm like, no, I just, it just isn't my, I've always been the rebel. I don't know. Ever since I was a kid. So. And it's so interesting, you know, cause there's only so many comments that people leave. I rarely comment on YouTube videos, but I always take something away from the videos I'm called to. And I'm totally with you. Whenever I come across those reaction videos, I'm just like, why? You're using your vessel, your creative energy to try to tap into and judge someone else's channel versus being your own channel. It's just, I don't know, it just seems so unproductive. Yeah, sending blessings to that person who did it. And another way to do it that I've seen done is Michaela Peterson just came up on my YouTube feed. There was this guy who did this with her, who did like a whole one hour long video tearing her down tearing her like approach to eating her body, her father, like every tearing her down fully, like in every category. And he has uh, quite a bit of subscribers. So she was getting a lot of comments about it. People were asking her about it from what I understand. And so what she did is she invited him on her podcast and they had an in-depth long conversation where she got to comment on some of the things he expressed and correct him and share her truth. And, you know, even if she had some disdain for this person, which would be very natural, like her being able to hold her truth so highly and in such a centered way to be able to have that conversation. Like to me, that's such courage. Like you said, you know, if that person just invited you to have a conversation versus going, I guess, for clickbait, because that's one way to make money on YouTube. But I think there are so many different ways to have a more productive and elevating conversation for all. And to what you were saying, you know, I really feel called to reflect this as well, how things you were sharing about your gender journey and being two-spirit, 11-toe, being how like that felt like, whoa, am I ready? You know, like it really took some time to process and share that because it's a lot. And for me, someone who comes from a very traditional culture and country where like, I didn't even know that being gay was a thing until like I came to San Francisco or there's so many things that I didn't even know existed <laughs> before I came to America. And so whenever I come across these newer gender conversations that are happening in our culture, on our planet, typically for me, it's like something that I put on the shelf of, I just don't understand. I just don't understand it. Like, it's just like a different parallel universe that I, I'm not yet fully able to grasp. But the way that you shared it in Sky's video, there was something in me that just clicked. I was like, you know what? I really feel this and I really get it. So I just want you to reflect this back to you that not all of the comments reflect all of the multidimensionality of what people are taking away. And for me, you opened up a whole expanded version of the world of how we see people and their different expressions. Mm, I'm so happy for that. Yeah. I feel really honored to be one that spirit every day in my prayer and meditation is just like, yep, just keep going. You're doing the right thing. I've got, uh, you know, again, mentors that are going, 
trust me, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. And I'm like, wow, really? Like, I feel so wobbly. I don't really know what's going on. I'm, I'm not, I don't have all the answers. And they're like, exactly. You don't need to explain yourself. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do? You don't need to prove yourself. Just keep being. And those that are going to celebrate you are going to celebrate you. And those that aren't, aren't. And that's just common in everyone's story. So it is just, I think, a lot more prevalent in what we're seeing now. So I think it is going to be a really interesting thing to see more and more little beings coming forward because it's coming in hot. It's coming in hot to like really shift out of what we've been doing. And so it's a seven hermetic principle, the law of gender. And I just think we're at a precipice of the pendulum swing. And because it has been so patriarchal, that inertia to go back to balance is going to go so feminine. So we're going into the age of Aquarius. We are in the age of Aquarius and we are in the age of, which is the water bearer, right? So that's us holding the container for the feminine. So we're coming into the age of the goddess coming back in full swing and she ain't happy. So it's going to be so overly feminine for a while, to be honest. Like that's just what I keep seeing as I channel. I'm like, wow, we're going to come to see an age where Yes, look at all the men that are coming forward that are so much more effeminate and these trans beings and all these beautiful colors and expressions of consciousness and humanity in order to then come back into a balanced state. So it's just a part of the process. So I think people are like really triggered by it. So like, oh my gosh, but like, I'm like, guys, there's nothing new under the sun. This is not, this is not a new idea. This has been happening actually for eons. So just take a look. I highly recommend a book by a being named Alok Menon. He wrote a book called Beyond the Gender Binary. And there's so much wisdom in that book along these lines. So that others that are interested to kind of explore further uh, can get a little bit more insight. And it's a very short, easy read. You can read it literally in an hour. So maybe even less. It's a short little book and it's really, really insightful and I recommend it. Is there anything else you are called to share on this topic before we move into creative projects that you're working on? I don't think so. I feel really good. It feels complete. Beautiful. And all of the things that we're mentioning, I'm going to put in the show notes. So if you're listening, if you're driving, you don't have to pull over and write it down. It's all going to be there for you. So having had completion with Lynette Sine and the beauty YouTuber phase of your expression in the world. And that, from what I understand, being the primary source of your revenue, what was the transition like into how you share your gifts in the world and how you express your medicine from, you know, entrepreneurial standpoint? That is a great question. So many good questions. Thank you. And I, this is such an interesting one because I'm like, man, I'm still in the process, to be honest, because I went from, yeah, just not ever looking at my bank account and just kind of being like, cool. Like I, it was the most money I had ever made. You know, uh, the beauty industry can be quite profitable when doing brand deals. And I was signed with a company that gave me salary. So I was, you know, it was the illusion of success. Maureen Murdoch wrote the book, The Heroine's Journey. And so a lot of women go through this process where it's the rejection of the feminine and they step into the masculine and they experience the illusion of success. So that's where I was at. I, you know, was like, oh man, this is great. Here I am. And then the cosmic brick was thrown in my face or the, you know, rug was pulled from under my feet, whichever way you want to look at it. 
And I left my marriage, I left my career, and I left the city that I had been living in and known for you know so many years in one month. So it was just like, talk about a pattern interrupt. And so I had a little bit of savings and I just kind of floated myself. I knew I needed to step into, I was desperate at that point. I was like, now anything. Because honestly, I was in such deep suicide ideation at that point that I was like, either I take myself out, which is just like the greatest power that any of us can have. Right. So it's like, it's this power struggle with myself going like, I know I could do this, but this is like kind of an easy way out. It's like the most power that I have. And that's not the answer. And I knew that. And not really out because then you're going to just come back into a different body. Come back again. Totally. And then I didn't learn my lessons yet. So I was like, I, but it's hard to say that when someone is, you know, in a really, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And I was at this like really low space. So I wasn't even able to honestly even understand that yet. I was like, I just need to exit. I need to exit the matrix. And um, I don't think I had fully understood that I would come back again then, to be honest. And now I totally get that. Um, So that's why I have a lot more of a fearless approach to my life because I'm like, oh, what would you do if you knew that there was no death? So I live my life in a very different capacity because of the medicine path. But I was desperate. So I was like, okay, at this point, I've already died so much for like through NDEs and then through the marriage and the, the, you know, it was very domestically violent. So I was like, at this point I was, you know, had PTSD. I was extremely unhealthy. My body was in shock from being in so much fight or flight. And I had a few mentors that were like, we're going to Peru. We're doing a container that is not only like a, a, container before we go to just get us into the process of eating vegan and getting our bodies prepared for communion with this sacrament called ayahuasca. But it's a whole journey through different sacred sites. And it's going to be, you will not come back the same essentially. And we see you there. And I was like, well, yeah, I see myself there too. That sounds incredible. And it was a lot of money. It was like total, I would say it was probably like a $10,000 trip. And that's basically all I had in savings. I had basically blown through all that I made in my YouTube career because I was supporting my ex-husband. And that's a lot of information. It's just true. I've shared this very publicly. So I just had no concept of how to save. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of money at all. And I'm probably being a little bit generous. It's a little loose here, but I had probably more than that, but you know what I mean? It was just not, not very much. That was a lot to ask for me. Cause I was like, Whoa, I only have about double that maybe. So I'll be a little bit more truthful there, but still it was a big chunk. And I just knew I was like, I don't have any other options. Like this just seems so much more aligned than anything else that could be happening. So I'm just going to go for it. And that trip changed my life. It changed the entire course and direction, as you would know, in being in any sort of medicine spaces or ceremonies, it just completely shifts timelines. So there's a lot of questions right now, uh, people talking about the psychedelic renaissance or just this entire shift in humanity of people being a lot more open to the ways of our ancient ancestors and to this medicine path. And I will say, hands down, it has changed my life. Please consider it if you are in a space of feeling really lost or just like you're not sure what's next, you know, and you're really in a low place. This is something that can help reconnect you 
in a really powerful and potent way. And it's not for the faint of heart. So this is not to say this is a once and once and done, you know, process. Um, that's one thing that I see happening is that people will go and sit the medicine and then never go back. And that's not the point. It's a lifelong communion with spirit. And it doesn't need to be that you always drink ayahuasca, but it's just a consistency with spirit. It's a consistency with reverence to something greater than yourself in this, what call it prayer, call it meditation, you know, whatever sort of space that is all life is medicine. Right. But I do personally, I do continue to sit with many sacraments often because it really helps guide me. Uh, but I don't want to also promote the need to do them. You know what I mean? Cause it's important to integrate. And I feel like I have a really good balance with that, but I am seeing a lot of people just get almost addicted to the ceremonial aspect of it. And that can be a delicate thing. So I do recommend just really getting in tune with yourself and knowing, and again, that accountability, asking your counsel to just reflect back to you what behaviors and patterns are showing up in that space. But yeah, that's what really shifted my entire path. And, um, I still continue to, to follow this thread, this like golden thread that's leading me towards Eden, I guess, just this yeah, new earth. Yeah, no, totally. I'm with you. And what you said, it's not that it can't be something that's forced a medicine path. It's like, if you know, it's called to you, you just know. And once you've said yes to that calling, the people will show up, the safe spaces will show up. It's not something that can ever be forced. And what you said, I think it's just like, oh, if it's been in your field, perhaps this is an invitation to energetically first say yes to it and just plant the seed of bringing in the opportunity to do it in a safe container where you can be seen and can have the space to integrate. And something else I want to also say on this is in my experience, psychedelics, they amplify what's already there. So we can't go to it as this place that will take away anything that's out of alignment. If anything, it will amplify all of it, bring it up to the surface and integration is the space and time for us to work with it and like clear it out and swim up. And it is daily work, you know, and I love your invitation to journal and to do the mirror work and to create that council. And um, it's a daily thing. It's like a daily choice. It's not like, wow, I did it once and now I'm enlightened. I find that I, even no matter how deep I go in my ceremonies, no matter how much I think, all right, this is it. I'm on the other side. I'm enlightened. There's always like this moment of like, where did that go? Why do I feel so lost? It's like always these waves. And I always know that the being getting lost is always part of finding the path again. Maybe it was just time to switch the tracks, switch the path. And the only way to do that was to feel lost for a moment. And it's interesting because I had two questions that I had left for you. One was your creative projects and the other one was the medicine path and you kind of weave them. And I know that in your bio, you link to the white rabbit account and that links to another website. So if that feels present and relevant in your heart, is that a project you would like to speak about? Sure. You mean the white rabbit? Yes. Just in general. Yeah. I would say pay attention. Pay very close attention. You guys have to remember, this is a seed planted. So whoever listens to this, um, just pay very close attention. There's a long play here. It's a brand that 
I launched with my former partner that we continue to just dream and scheme about, but it is a, I have to tread lightly just because it is a brand that we continue to like, that's why I'm like, be careful with how you share this. Um, Cause so basically it is a brand that exists, but it's not legal yet. (laughs) So we're like in this process right now, but it is something that I just wanted to cultivate. I haven't been giving it and fostering enough attention to it now, but it is something that's going to be a large part of my brand and process or just how I show up um, in just all aspects of my art, honestly. So just follow the white rabbit in all aspects of my life and anyone else. And you're going to find a really fun journey. It's like, see how prevalent that even line is in so many different, like the movie, the matrix and anything related to further awareness of what's actually going on. So uh, and then, of course, as a magician's daughter, I have grown up with white rabbits. I own an uh, I own a white rabbit named Merlin. Um, he's at a farm though in LA. He's not here with me in Mexico, but uh, yeah. So I just take it all away, and so that's a brand that will will continue to leave clues for people. So we'll just say that it's a fun mystery and it's a riddle, and um, it's yeah something to just pay attention to. All right. What are some other good ways for people to connect with you? Are you continuing to, I know you've been going live on YouTube quite a bit and kind of like redefining what that space is. What are your favorite ways to share now? What are the platforms and what are the best ways for people to tap into your universe? Yeah, I would say YouTube is coming more prevalent now, just since more recently. I mean, let me rephrase that. Yeah. So you can find me on YouTube. I'm definitely showing up there a little bit more these days. And then Instagram, I'm quite active. So that's where you can find me probably most easily. And I do my best to respond back to messages that come through and send voicemails or voice notes back and forth just to cultivate relationship there. It's been really fun for me to do that. And and then yeah, I would say look forward to a music project. That's what's in development right now. So my voice is going to be a lot less talking, more singing. And I just, I finally found my way back to music. It just like, you know, I was a little kid and I left it. Um, and now I'm like, okay, wait, there's really no other way to share some of these messages other than music. So that's kind of been my most sacred project that I've been working on right now. And it's a music and magic show. So that's been a really exciting process to kind of cook up and um, allow myself to like see what could be possible from that lens. And uh, so, yeah, I have really high hopes to, you know, have a touring show. That's a very, very interesting experience. We'll say that it's not your typical concert. So uh, very interactive and fun and uh, exciting. So that's kind of what I've been taking most seriously currently. And yeah, but look forward to tracks even throughout 2022 though, because I'm ready and I've been starting to get more clear on that, just starting to not be so precious about it and just let the world hear my hear my voice in a different in a different way. I'm so excited about it. And actually somehow I've been getting signs for over a year to start creating um, spoken word poetry over music. And I've done like a little bit of experimenting, like on TikTok, tiny bit, but lately that calling is like louder and louder and louder. And what's very interesting that I have back to back to back musicians on my podcast and you're like in between all musicians. 
Perfect. Good. I'm glad that you let me know that too, because that's another little confirmation. Yeah. And I didn't know that this is something that is going to be on your plate in your universe in 2022, but it's like all this like beautiful web Mm. that is spreading. Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to your future guests as well. Is there anything 11 that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to bring into the space? I don't think so. I think that we covered such beautiful ground. Thank you for being such a great, thank you for asking such great questions. It says a lot about how your character is with the questions that you ask. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so hard expanding. And um, I really just appreciate how your presence, how present you are and kind and generous. And I'm so freaking stoked to see how you express yourself through music and just continue recreating and showing how we can sometimes break the walls of what's possible through our ways of being that you embody so beautifully. So thank you, Eleven. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you everyone for tuning in and for receiving the hints and the seeds that we've been planting through the conversation. Thank you so much. Cheers. This podcast was made on Zencaster. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing it down. When we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on XeniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.